Welcome, true believers, to Wrestle with Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. Each episode, we talk about what's happening this week in wrestling currently. We talk about what happens this week in wrestling history, and we give the go-home signal with a wrestle with hope word for the week. And along the way, you'll catch a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like and why I still watch now. You're going to have to excuse the uh, shape of my voice at this moment. I just got done with an exciting, action-packed weekend as the ring announcer slash host for Brawl USA Wrestling. And so Brawl USA is a a local wrestling promotion here uh, in the area where I live. And we just got done doing an awesome fundraiser event for Ability Tree Florida, which you'll hear about a little bit later on this um, uh, in this episode. But uh, Brawl USA is an incredible group of awesome men and women uh, dedicated to wrestling and dedicated to kind of bringing the fun back into wrestling as well. We had our Fast Pass Rumble, and uh, it was a lot of fun because I, for the third year in a row, got to be an entrant in the Rumble. And so there's this little storyline that is continuing year after year where I'm uh, trying to achieve um, winning the social media championship. Hasn't quite happened yet. It keeps slipping through my grip. I keep getting eliminated. Can't stay long enough inside the Rumble, Uh, but it was a lot of fun, and then I got to serve as the ring announcer during the rest of the event as well. But I had to, had to, had to, had to get this episode out this week because it is Royal Rumble week, everybody. Are you guys excited? I mean, we have got so much going on in the world of wrestling this week. Uh, So we're going to kind of dive right in. And so instead of recapping past episodes, let's talk about what's coming up this week. Okay, and so we've got three wrestling pay-per-views happening this coming weekend. First off on Friday, we've got the NWA Hard Times pay-per-view. It's the second pay-per-view for the NWA in the studio wrestling setting. And uh, the first one was a lot of fun to watch. This next one, Hard Times, is going to be the NWA Television Championship Tournament. Now, I got to tell you, my pick to win the tournament is Tim Storm. Tim Storm is the greatest babyface in wrestling today. I mean, he is incredible. The the promos that he's been doing, all the work that he's been kind of putting out there, it's it's been really fun to see him. I really see him kind of as a, a man of the people, the people's champion, you may say. He is my pick to win the uh, NWA Television Championship Tournament. A couple of other matches that have been announced so far in NWA Power have been Allison K defending the NWA Women's Championship against Thunder Rosa. And um, my pick to win that match is going to be Thunder Rosa. I think Thunder Rosa has been set up to be the heir apparent to the NWA Women's Championship, and I think it's going to just kind of set up some trouble for Molina even later on. And then in the main event, we've got the National Wrestling Alliance versus 
Ring of Honor. Nick Aldis has uh, invaded Ring of Honor and challenged Flip Gordon to a match in the main event. And so we're going to see the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion against ROH's own Flip Gordon. And uh, I mean, it's it's an NWA pay-per-view, right? So I'm guessing and I'm, I'm guessing the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis is going to be winning, winning. And I think probably Marty Skrull is going to be getting involved in some way, shape or form. Uh, this has been a fast eight weeks because these episodes flew right by. Uh, another pay-per-view taping, you know, will be happening uh, over the course of this weekend. Uh, another set of TV tapings will be happening over the course of this weekend. And uh, once again, you know, uh, NWA Power has been putting out some really entertaining stuff. So if you haven't given it a chance yet, get in there, dive in. And uh, the, the NWA Television Championship Tournament would be a great time to jump in and watch. Also, uh, NXT, NXT proper, <laughs> and NXT UK are doing their Worlds Collide pay-per-view show. So the Worlds Collide is the NXT taking on the stars of NXT UK in uh, basically kind of brand versus brand matches. I mean, we're still on that, right? We're still on who is the uh, the winner of, uh, you know, we had NXT who came out supreme for Survivor Series. And I guess now they're defending their brand supremacy against their friends over the pond, across the pond. So uh, here are the matches that we've got set up so far. Undisputed Era versus Imperium. So this was first announced as the first match for the World's Collide event, giving fans a serious hook to tune in right from the jump. NXT champion Adam Cole and company fired the first shot by taking out Imperium after Walter successfully defended the NXT UK championship at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2. That's a mouthful. Imperium did not immediately retaliate during the most recent episode of NXT on USA, but with one more live NXT show set before Worlds Collide, Walter and his men could still provide a devastating answer for a few days before this matchup takes place. The NXT Women's Championship will be taking place. Oh, by the way, my pick for that Undisputed Era. I don't see how it could end any other way, right? Friend of the show, Bobby Fish, you know, he's uh, he's on that team as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, come on, it's Undisputed Era. You know they're going to come out on top. We've also got the NXT Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm. And uh, it's an interesting match, not just because it features two of the most talented female competitors in the company, but also because there's some history here. See, Ripley was the first ever NXT Women's, NXT UK Women's Champion, and her reign was eventually brought to an end by Tony Storm. On the heels of Storm unsuccessfully attempting to regain the NXT UK Women's title in Blackpool, she will be out to see if history can repeat itself against the rapidly rising Rhea Ripley. My pick, Rhea Ripley. I mean, she is on a roll. She just won the championship. There's no way that she's going to take another loss to Tony Storm, right? It's going to be a great match. I can't wait to see it. Rhea Ripley, I think, is going to be coming out on top. We've got Finn Balor taking on Ilya Dragunov. I'm telling you, this is a name that Vince McMahon has got to love. Ilya dragon off right and so you've got dragon off versus balor uh, if there was a, if if there's a mat, matchup that should just steal the show in houston quite possibly over the entire weekend then this one fits the bill balor 
has newfound life in his return to NXT and his heel turn, while Dragunov will continue to make a name for himself as a highly touted singles prospect to watch in the future. And um, honestly, I have a feeling this is my my guest uh, number one. Uh, Balor's on a roll. I kind of and but but Dragunov is undefeated, and so we're either going to have Dragunov coming out on top or. Um, you know, and, and quite possibly this could happen like through Johnny and trying to Gargano getting involved one way or the other. I actually think Dragonoff's probably gonna come out on top one way or the other, and both of these men are probably gonna end up in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I think Finn Balor, it's a great way to make his return to the main roster for a moment and on the Royal Rumble, and then Dragonoff, I mean, he's just I mean, that he would be just such a great surprise entrant and a great introduction to the main crowd. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Then you have the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, you've got Angel Garza versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus two to be determined uh, competitors from the NXT UK. Um, Cruiserweight champ has a tall task in his hands, having to fend off the insanely talented Scott as well as two others in the Fatal Four away from NXT UK. Um, my prediction here. This is a bold one. You ready? This is a bold prediction. My prediction is somebody from NXT UK wins this championship and takes it with them for a handful of tapings in the UK. I got a feeling that we're going to see a, a champion take this and really just kind of use this as a secondary title for just at least a few weeks at NXT UK uh, before either Garza wins it back or a new competitor brings it back stateside. That's just my, my guess. There's a lot of different, you know, uh, thoughts on this. It could be, um, uh, I think, let me see. Um, it could be Jordan Devlin or Travis Banks. We'll see. Anyway, uh, DIY taking on Mustache Mountain. Here's another reason you could certainly call this a dream card. By the way, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa are going to be reuniting for at least one night in Houston to face off against the fellow former NXT Tag Team Champions, Trent Seven, Tyler Bate, for another bout. I mean, it's it's going to be an incredible match. Definitely match of the year, you know, or match of the night uh, a competition right there. So uh, my pick in this one, oh, it's got to be DIY, right? I know it sounds, I mean, I know I'm picking a whole lot of just NXT America people, but I mean, come on, it's... It's got to be, why else would you put Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano back together again if they're not going to take this all the way home? And Mustache Mountain, there's nothing, you, they are untouchable. There's nothing you can do to them that's going to make them any less popular. So uh, that's my pick, and I'm, uh, I'm going to, yep, I'm going to stick with it. DIY coming out on top against Mustache Mountain. Now, if you haven't heard, this weekend, it's Royal Rumble weekend. And so the Royal Rumble... Uh, is going to be uh, the main event of the weekend. And so uh, let's go over some of the matches before we talk about the Rumble itself, okay? For the Universal Championship, it's The Fiend, Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan in a strap match. Bryan earned another shot at Wyatt and the Universal title when he defeated The Miz, Baron Corbin, uh, on uh, and Baron Corbin on December the 27th on SmackDown after Bryan had duped Wyatt with the help of his partner... Kane on the January 17th edition of SmackDown. Brian laid down the gauntlet and called for this rematch to be 
a strap match. No way for anybody to run away and get away. I got to tell you, it's a smart way to get the title off of the Fiend if you're going to do it. If you're going to, my guess was the Fiend was going to lose the championship when uh, possibly like at WrestleMania in a multi-man match. That was kind of one of the things I was thinking of. However, I'm kind of running through things in my head. It's pretty easy right now for Daniel Bryan to get the title if all you have to do is tap the four corners of the ring with the strap. If that's the way you're going to do it, then, you know, that's a great way to be able to kind of, you know, just get the big win. You know, it's, it's it's an easy way to get Daniel Bryan back on the title scene and it's an easy way to get the title off of The Fiend without The Fiend losing any kind of face. Because honestly, it's like there's so many things that could happen in the strap match. So many things. That if Daniel Bryan wins it through tapping the corners, he didn't get a pinfall over The Fiend. The Fiend didn't lose with, you know, um, just by being overpowered or anything like that. It just happened. That Daniel Bryan tapped the four corners before anybody else did. For the Raw Women's Championship, you've got Becky Lynch versus Asuka. By the way, my pick for that other match, um, I'm still picking Bray Wyatt. So <laughs> even though I've made a perfectly good case for Daniel Bryan to win the match, I'm still picking Bray Wyatt to take the title all the way to WrestleMania and possibly lose it in a multi-man match. That's still my my pick. Raw Women's Championship, you got Becky Lynch versus Asuka. The story of Lynch's self-doubt being largely linked to her inability to overcome Asuka when the two have clashed has led Lynch to the rare role of a champion seeking out a match from the challenger. Now... She'll get a chance to earn the retribution that she, she seeks when this much-anticipated rematch occurs at the Royal Rumble. My pick, Becky Lynch. For the SmackDown Women's Championship, you've got Bayley versus Lacey Evans. Now, while Lacey Evans' face turn hasn't made complete sense and doesn't quite fit the character that's been developed for months, it's a clear showdown with Bayley. Uh, 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 it's a clear showdown with Bayley and, and the plan is for her. It's, this is a focus on Bailey and Sasha Banks, I think, eventually feuding over this championship. So um, Bailey and Banks have tormented Evans, including mocking her young daughter uh, during SmackDown, adding some extra spice to the match. So I got a feeling that because Evans defeated Bailey clean on a recent episode of SmackDown, we got Bailey going over Evans this time around. Bailey's going to win, defend the title at the Royal Rumble, and who knows? Who knows? Because if uh, my pick for the Women's Rumble wins, then, um, you know, I got a feeling she'll be going after the Raw title. But let's just say if Sasha Banks wins the Rumble, she's got to be going after Bailey, right? Hmm. That would totally be in uh, Sasha's wheelhouse right there. Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, King Corbin, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. I can't believe these two are still feuding. They're still going after each other. My pick is going to be... Roman Reigns, okay. Uh, Sheamus versus Chad Gable. Um, this is uh, clearly this is just going to be a match to kind of showcase Sheamus and his return. So I'm picking Sheamus in this one, and then also we have an Intercontinental Championship match: Shinsuke Nakamura versus Braun Strowman. And uh, this pairing's been uh, th th this has been brewing. I like what's been going on here. I like the dynamic of Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Shinsuke Nakamura. All together, and uh, I got—I mean, I don't see Braun. Str I mean, Braun Strowman does not need a championship. He's Braun Strowman. He's big and bad, and uh, that's his shtick. So let's go with, um, let's go with 
Braun Strowman winning, winning by disqualification or countout or something fun like that. So um, now for the women's rumble match, this is going to be the third women's rumble match that we've had in the WWE. And Oscar um, won the first time. Becky won the second time. And my uh, pick to win the rumble this year for the women's side is Shayna Baszler. I got a feeling that we've got Shayna Baszler coming in to the Rumble, winning it all, and then challenging Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That would be my dream match. That would be what I pick. That's just where I'm headed. And then I got a feeling it's going to set off an entire year's worth of uh, just destruction when Shayna Baszler hits the WWE Raw roster um, when that happens. Now, my alternative pick is this. Shayna, if, if it's not Shayna, it's going to be Sasha. Sasha will win. Sasha will challenge Becky, I mean, Bailey, for the championship. And it'll be Bailey and Banks at WrestleMania to kind of bring all that stuff to a head because you knew that was coming. You know they're going to be breaking up. You know that. You know it. You just know it. Anyway, for the men's Royal Rumble match, this is going to be a big one, okay? We've got Brock Lesnar coming in at number one. He declared that he's going to be coming in. At number one, I love that you can declare your number, by the way, now. I love that this is not some kind of random draw or anything like that. And so just Brock has the opportunity just, I'm going to declare that I'm going to be number one. Well, what if I show up and I say, I'm going to be number 30? Like, that would be, um, I don't know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I get it. I get that, Bron, uh, that Brock has said, I've got no challengers. Nobody can beat me. So now I'm going to beat everybody. So here's the scenario. You ready? Brock Lesnar can win the Royal Rumble. This can happen. I think that Brock is making a point. We've got a streak going on of Paul Heyman's spoilers. And if Brock wins the Royal Rumble, then he'll pick his challenger. And I got a feeling that when he picks his challenger, it's going to be some kind of gimmick. I think it's going to be either Tyson Fury or um, not not Cain Velasquez again because he already kind of came and went and did that. But I just kind of think that it's just it's going to be Brock writing his own ticket, and maybe we'll see either him hosting the Elimination Chamber match or something to see who his opponent's going to be. But Brock's going to be my pick. The number two option is Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston, um, who has not said a word about losing the championship since he lost it, maybe now he can you know earn his title shot back at Royal Rumble, and we can kind of get things back in motion. For that to happen so there's there's all that as the possibility but listen the rumble is a big deal it's a big deal in my home we're having the big rumble party and uh i i cannot wait for this event to happen it's going to be a blast and so what we're going to do is we're going to come back and when we come back we're going to talk about my top five favorite rumble matches of all time if you're enjoying wrestle with hope let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree Florida and support their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability to provide rest, recreation, education, support, and training. One of the ways that we do that is through a monthly Parents' Night Out respite program where parents get four hours of respite while they receive a night out uh, and enjoying some time away so that they can recharge, so they can reconnect and regroup so that uh, they put in so many hard hours when it comes to raising a child with special needs. Um, what we do at Ability Tree is come alongside these families and really just kind of help them find that hope, that rest that they so greatly need. 
all proceeds that are donated to Ability Tree Florida during this uh, month will go directly into the opening of the Ability Tree Florida Ability Tree Center. It's a one of a kind facility where families can find hope and rest through recreation events, support groups, and more. To get more details or to donate, visit donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. Donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. And now let's talk about what happened this week in wrestling history. Now we're going to do that through a a deep dive into the top five Royal Rumble matches. These are my top five, my five favorite ones. So here's the deal. My criteria is simply this. I don't give star ratings. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't analyze the rumbles. I just pick the ones that I just really liked, the ones that I really enjoyed, the ones that made me cheer the highest, the ones that made me jump out of my seat. So let's start with this one. My number five is Royal Rumble 2016. In the, Royal Rumble, in the Royal Rumble match 2016, Triple H was the winner. AJ Styles made his WWE debut coming in at number three. He lasted the match until he was eliminated by Kevin Owens with a great welcome to the WWE <laughs> scream before he hurled AJ Styles over the top rope. Owens was then eliminated by Sami Zayn in another unexpected moment. And near the middle of the match, Vince McMahon and the League of Nations pulled Roman Reigns out through the ropes and incapacitated him, putting him through a table. Roman was taken away by EMTs, and it was jeopardizing his title defense. This was the Royal Rumble that was the one versus all match, and Roman Reigns was defending his WWE Championship against all competitors. Brock Lesnar was eliminated by the already eliminated Wyatt family in a four-on-one attack, And then Roman returned late in the match to get a big bunch of eliminations. Then Triple H entered at number 30. The final four were Triple H, Sheamus, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. Reigns eliminated Sheamus with a Superman punch, only to be eliminated by Triple H. And then Triple H eliminated Dean Ambrose to win the Rumble match and become the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. That was such a fun rumble to be able to experience and and to see. It was just, honestly, this was at the height of all the Roman Reigns kind of angst. And so everybody was so frustrated with Roman Reigns. But it was just so interesting to see the crowd get so excited at Roman's elimination. And then Triple H is, like, first off, when Triple H came into the ring and everybody was so excited. I never saw anybody so excited for a Triple H appearance. But it was pretty wild. Also on this date... My least favorite Royal Rumble match, the one where Mr. McMahon won the Rumble. Also on this date <laughs> was the first Royal Rumble match where Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, hello, Hacksaw, won the very first Royal Rumble by eliminating the one-man gang and solidifying my Hacksaw-Jim Duggan fandom. I was a big fan of Hacksaw's during that time, and him winning the first Royal Rumble uh, was great. So that was just a, a blast. The Royal Rumble, by the way, was a match idea by Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson uh, created the Royal Rumble uh, just as a way to kind of spice things up, kind of change up the traditional Royal Rumble setup, and it, it became an entire pay-per-view. So they, test, they did some test runs in arenas, 
um, here and there. And then they said, this is ready for TV. And they put it on TV for free on the USA Network for the first time. And then after that, you got to pay, buddy. It was a pay-per-view show thereafter. My number four favorite Royal Rumble match was the Royal Rumble on January 27th, 2008. This was, um, this was uh, first off, this, this was a, uh, a, a Royal Rumble held at Madison Square Garden, which the entrance actually comes from the side of the ring, the side of the arena, not like from like either end. It was just coming from the side. So it, the, the entrance was like right on camera the entire time. And it was a really unique kind of setup just in general. I love that look for the Royal Rumble. Well, here's a couple of highlights, okay? Number one, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. They were the last two men in the 2007 Rumble. And then they opened the 2008 Rumble. I'm not even, I'm not even sure if that's ever happened before. Um, I, I can't remember if that's the only time that's ever happened or whatever. But that was just really cool. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels starting things off. Then you had the legends come out, right? And this is one of the first times that I really kind of remember like true legends coming back for the Royal Rumble. You had Jimmy Superfly Snuka. You had Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, you had these old men just brawling at each other. Uh, it, it was just amazing. Then you had Mick Foley come back. That was another awesome one. The crowd went nuts for Mick Foley. Finley got disqualified for using his shillelagh. I, I don't ever remember anybody ever getting disqualified in the Royal Rumble before because we've had trash cans before, kendo sticks before, but that shillelagh, nope, sorry, you're disqualified. Um, last year on the, on the 2007 Royal Rumble, it took eight men to eliminate Big Daddy V. This next year, only one person. It only took one person to eliminate Big Daddy V for some reason. He got less tough. I don't know what happened. Batista was the Royal Rumble Iron Man that year in 2008. Not bad because he had just come back from a torn pectoral muscle, okay, from the year before. Speaking of which, speaking of torn pectoral muscles, John Cena came back months early from his torn pectoral muscle injury to come out and to win the Royal Rumble. The pop that John Cena got was huge in that arena. I can't believe that. That was also one of those, the biggest WWE surprises ever. They, they, this was the, you know, the internet age, and they were able to keep that under wraps. Definitely worth watching. Definitely worth checking out. Also on this date, in 2013, John Cena won that Royal Rumble for the second time. My third favorite Royal Rumble, January 15th, 1989. Honestly, this is one of my favorite Royal Rumble moments of all time. WWE really started playing around with the format and all the infinite possibilities with the Royal Rumble. The tag team champions, Demolition, started the match at number one and number two. Axe was out first with Smash coming in second. And I still remember Howard Finkel going, the man who drew number one. And then you got, here comes the Axe, and here comes the Smasher. And then Axe comes out and it's like, oh, whoever comes out to be number two, they're going to have a really hard time, Gorilla, right? And then all of a sudden, he says, the man who drew number two. Here comes the Axe, and here comes the Smasher. First off, let me just tell you, Demolition has one of the greatest theme songs of all time in wrestling. I'm just telling you. And then, so you had Axe and Smash going at it. Like, they were going 
at it. And uh, just the commentary between Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse Ventura in that match was outstanding. So then <laughs> number three was Andre the Giant. Then it was uh, team psychology just to kind of try and get Andre out. And it was just a real unique rumble thereafter. One of the real highlights of the match was the entrance of WWF champion at the time, Macho Man Randy Savage, who hit the ring with a head of steam and just started beating up Bad News Brown. This was so awesome. And then the whole time, by the way, Savage never took his glasses off. His sunglasses stayed on the whole time he was there. This was also a time when the winner of the Rumble match wasn't guaranteed a title shot. So the champion at the time uh, was able to jump into the match no problem, as was the case with Savage. This served their purposes well because Hulk Hogan was also in the match, and this was when the two were in their mega powers era. And then actually Hulk Hogan, who eliminated more wrestlers in this match than anyone with 10, including the Warlord in just two seconds, a record that stood until 2009, by the way, dumped Savage while he was battling Bad News Brown, leading to the beginning of the breakup between the Mega Powers before they would explode at WrestleMania V. Hogan then appeared to be the favorite to win it all with Andre and Savage gone, but the Twin Towers, Big Boss Man and Akeem, were next to they were the next two men out, and they double teamed and eliminated Hulk Hogan. Naturally, he didn't go away right after because Hulk Hogan is a cheater, and we all know this. Instead of sticking, instead he stuck around to eliminate the boss man and battling with him on the outside, uh, completely stealing the attention away from the action in the ring. With the major storylines exhausted, Big John Studd would enter at number twenty-seven, a big famous Royal Rumble number, by the way and ultimately bring it to an admittedly kind of ho-hum conclusion. So it's not that he just won. It's just kind of like how it happened. Because it was just down to just Stud and Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. And Big John Stud just decimated the million-dollar man, just knocking him around the ring before just unceremoniously just tossing him out. And that was it. That was it. So my number two favorite Royal Rumble match is the 2010 Royal Rumble. This happened on January 1st. On January 31st, 2010, this match featured CM Punk delivering the straight edge sermon. This is when he um, was eliminating people one by one by one, and he was just encouraging everybody to join his straight edge society. This was one of my favorite iterations of CM Punk, by the way. Um, I'm not a CM Punk guy, but this one was this was a lot of fun. He was just telling everybody to join him and join him. But then he was beating them all up and throwing them out of the ring really interesting then he started trying to figure out how to get rid of the great Kali and then Beth Phoenix entered the rumble and then Beth Phoenix was picked up by Kali and Kali was trying to he was doing the the Punjabi playboy thing right where all the women were loving the great Kali or whatever and he was trying to tell her to get out of the ring and then Beth Phoenix grabbed the great Kali and gave him a giant smooch pun intended a giant smooch so big that it pulled him over the top rope and she eliminated the over seven foot tall great Kali. Then we had the surprise elimination of Triple H by Shawn Michaels. Then we had Shawn Michaels getting eliminated. 
this was huge because everybody thought Shawn Michaels was going to win so he could challenge The Undertaker, right? Well, Shawn Michaels got eliminated, and this was a huge surprise. And then you had the surprise return, another surprise return, of the rated-R superstar, Edge. And Edge shows up looking just completely different, really. I mean, he looked like he'd been through some stuff, you know? And so he had come back from a career-threatening injury to win the Royal Rumble to then go on to challenge for the title at WrestleMania. Um, and it was a short return. You know, we, we didn't get Edge for very long and as an active competitor. I know there's a ton of rumors about him coming back for the Rumble this year. Um, but honestly, for his health sake, I don't know if that's a great idea. So um, that's number two, though. That was such, such a great return. My number one all-time favorite Royal Rumble, January 19th. 1992. You've heard of the greatest Royal Rumble? This is the real greatest Royal Rumble. The match was special because the WWF Championship, which had been vacated, was up for grabs for the first and only time in the Rumble match at the time. Jack Tunney made the announcement inside the ring as the camera panned to show the audience, who all acted like they just couldn't care less <laughs> about what was going on. But the biggest championship in the promotion was on the line in the biggest match ever. Once everything got rolling, we started to see who the story was really about. The main focus of the match was the man who would go on to win it, the nature boy, Ric Flair. He did so from the number three spot, the earliest anyone had ever done so at that point and set the new high mark for the Iron Man status at 59 minutes and 26 seconds. The story was that he took on all comers in what was a star-studded rumble with the most major of players, all while Bobby the Brain Heaton was doing commentary, piping in with some of the best calls that he'd ever delivered. His victory, giving him his first WWF championship, led to one of the most replayed promos in history when he delivered the famous line with a tear in my eye this is the greatest moment in my life by virtue of winning the royal rumble we have a brand new world wrestling federation champion as the press watches on at this time to present the title belt to the new champion our president the distinguished jack tunney Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after view of the sorting, the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWE. You rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Perfect. Let's give a big one. I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. 
He went out there for over 60 minutes, never took a back step, took it to Hogan, took it to The Undertaker, took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is hey, Bobby called now we're the real world heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys that say, we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. Ric Flair, you have made world, put that cigarette out. You have made World Wrestling Federation history here tonight. It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this. For the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sids. Now it's Ric Flair. And y'all pay homage to the man. Woo! Hulk Hogan played a major part in this rumble too, of course. Because he's the Hulkster. He was... An interesting case because by early 1992, the WWF crowd had grown tired of his act. Kind of like, you know, just John Cena, Roman Reigns, all that kind of stuff. He was like kind of a heel at the time without anybody really calling it a lot of attention to it. And that was never more the case than in this match. In fact, some refer to this as the night that he turned heel and nobody noticed. Hogan was the final three along with Flair and Sid Justice. While Hogan was working over Flair, Sid came up from behind, all sneaky, and tossed Hulk Hogan over the top rope to the outside, eliminating him fair and square. The live crowd reacted with glee, actually, cheering that Hulk Hogan had been eliminated. Hulk acted indignant, as though Sid had wronged him in some way, despite that the match stipulations and psychology all fell in line. He looked to the crowd for support. He didn't receive any. But he still grabbed Sid Justice's arm holding him in place long enough for Ric Flair to recover and rush over and dump him over the top. <laughs> and after the match, Hulk Hogan chased Flair from the ring before a big confrontation with Sid Justice ensued, which eventually led to their match at WrestleMania instead of the big money match, which would have been Ric Flair. It was the beginning of the end of Hulkamania running wild in the WWF. And Flair, too, would actually be gone by 1993 further adding to the importance of this match. This, Royal Rumble 1992, is my all-time favorite Royal Rumble match. Also, on this date in 1997, Stone Cold Steve Austin run the, won the Royal Rumble and Stone Cold Mania started running wild. In 2003, Brock Lesnar won his first WrestleMania. I say first because he could potentially win his second this weekend. That is what happened in wrestling history this week and a little beyond. Let's dive right in to the Wrestle With Hope word of the week before we wrap up. Now, in keeping with the Royal Rumble theme, the Wrestle With Hope word of the week this week is time. See, I love watching the Royal Rumble because, you know, you have this time factor involved. It started off, right, as every two minutes. And then some years, it's every 90 seconds. And then some years, it's whatever time they consider because you look at it, you're watching, you're going, this spot has gone on for five minutes and nobody's come in. But time is one of those commodities that we just can't ever seem to get back. Psalm 90, verse 4, it says, For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has gone by, or like a watch in the night. Psalm 90 verse 10 says the length of our days is 70 years or 80 if we have the strength. Yet their span is but trouble and sorrow for they quickly pass 
and we fly away. Our timing isn't God's timing. To God, our waiting is just a moment. While we could sit there and think, is this ever going to happen? Is what I'm asking for ever going to come? Our timing isn't the same as God's timing. He sees the bigger picture. See, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1, it says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. A lot of times we have these future plans laid out, but we forget the present. We forget to live in this moment. All of us are waiting for something. We're all waiting for something. But don't forget to be present in this present. Our timing isn't his. He sees the bigger picture, a way bigger picture than we can even comprehend in some cases. And so when it comes to the timing, trust God and be present. Time. That's the wrestle with hope word of the week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let me know what you think of the Royal Rumble. Give me a call on voicemail. I want to hear your reactions. 352-340-3648. 352-340-3648. This will be in the show notes as well. Don't forget to check out Wrestle With Hope on Instagram, at Wrestle With Hope, on Twitter, at Wrestle With Hope. Send us an email, wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook as well. Please donate to Ability Tree Florida. You can do that at donorbox.org slash wrestlewithhope. A big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song, Number One Contender, as our theme song. You can follow him at Williams and at Wrestle with Flow, Wrestle and Flow. Thank you to Greg Goslin for the artwork in our logo. You can follow him on Instagram, at Greg Goslin to see more of his incredible art. Guys, I can't wait for next week. Next week, we are talking about the birth of Hulkamania, and I've got a special guest who's going to join me on the podcast. You don't want to miss out. This is Wayne Cordova signing off. Remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? So long from the Sunshine State.